You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks supporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. And joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. Bringing you tonight's podcast is Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. And also Himalaya, as always, uh, always happy to have them along and Obviously, they are a free service for you. Himalaya, you can download that on any of the app stores, no matter what app store it may be. Uh, and you can download that and you can get personalized, curated playlists, uh, all the great things that Himalaya offers you. So check that out. And when you do, subscribe to Locked on Bucks. Frank, uh, man, I don't even want to ask how you're doing because I have a pretty good feeling I know how you're doing. But how are you doing, buddy? Well, I had a really long day. I was I was in Dallas for work. I was supposed to drive back. I had a flat tire yesterday. Oh. I got I needed new tires anyway, so I got new tires. Uh, and then today I get in my car to drive home, and the same tire that was actually flat yesterday, like started showing as as low again today when I was right about to drive home to Austin, which is like a three hour drive. And so I, I have run flat tires, so, you know, which aren't great, but are actually pretty useful when you have a flat tire, you can drive around with them. So I drive back and then I found out I need a, I got a cracked rim. So I, I don't even want to talk about how much I spent to get a new rim for my car. Cause of course I couldn't go and find a good deal. I just had to go pay a stupid amount of money for, you know, like the OEM, whatever. Anyway, I've spent an outrageous amount of money on t- tires and wheels oh. so i get home i i did actually ma- it's it, somehow though i did actually manage to to get everything and and get home at a somewhat reasonable hour but it was already like a half into uh warriors raptors and i couldn't watch it anyway i i just it's too raw for me still uh to watch to watch the raptors after knowing that the bucks coulda shoulda woulda beaten them in the last round and um so i'm like hate rooting for the warriors like purely out of spite um which is a little weird right because like on some level it's like if the raptors win then it kind of validates that the bucks like easily could have won a championship i think so that's (laughs) good but also makes it all the more frustrating so i'm rooting for the raptors but i there is no right answer here i totally understand it especially given the warriors have won everything for so long i totally understand if people are rooting for the raptors but um yeah so i i just didn't watch the game also um it was the uh, finale of rupaul's drag race tonight which is my wife's super bowl um so okay i i didn't fight that at all i mean it's a it's a great show to be honest. Uh, so it's, I, I just was like, all right, I'm not going to watch that basketball game. I'll just watch this with my wife. So uh, anyway, so yeah, I, I, 
I, I did catch like the last two minutes, but obviously it was it was already out of reach point. So um, I don't know. I have no other I have no other thoughts. Did did you have any any thoughts? Because you actually did watch the game. Uh, you are a journalist who can actually step back from your uh, whatever <laughs> feelings and emotions you might have about this sport and just watch it for the the sport of it. Any any takeaways bear in mind i do not want to make this a warriors raptors podcast and i have no i don't know enough about the game to, to make it one but any any i guess kind of major takeaways from watching game one i mean pascal siakam at 32 and 8 yeah. like that that should should tell you how things went uh 14 of 17 from the field in 40 minutes like uh, there's there's plenty that that did not go right for the warriors and you know siakam having his best game in two series the entire postseason I, I think that's probably his best one 32 8 and 5 I, I would guess that was uh he got loose on him and uh i do think maybe we glossed over marcus all in you know our recap of how good he was in, to end the series against the bucks and uh, he was great again tonight like i just think he's he's really good and when he's aggressive and helpful and functioning and doing all the things that make him great. And on top of that, hitting threes, like he, he adds a dimension to this Raptors team that just obviously wasn't there with, with Jonas Valanciunas. And I think throughout this season, there was moments where it was like, uh, did they make the right decision there with Marcus all? Like he's kind of struggling to fit in. He's tr- struggling to find his way. And well, he's found his way in the last two rounds and it has been uh, incredibly helpful for the Toronto Raptors. So, that's all I got. We can we can we can move it on and and not talk anymore about that because I don't I don't need you to uh, hang up on me. I don't need that. <laughs> well, so the other thing that I, I do really want to talk about, um, you dropped an article at the Athletic today, which uh, I mean I, I'd like to, I'd be curious to maybe we can start just talking about the process of 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 writing this article, of kind of getting all the quotes because it was a was an extensive, uh, I guess, a series of sit downs with Giannis talking about kind of his mindset and what he was thinking sort of throughout the playoffs, but then also obviously after the playoffs were over. And I thought it, I mean, I don't, I don't think we could have asked for probably better insight and, and obviously, you know, big kudos to you for, for getting this from him. But then also, I mean, Giannis's willingness to be introspective, obviously, is I think it's always been, um, something that you, you love about him, the fact that he is thoughtful about things and, and doesn't kind of hold back uh, on, on things. Um, like his honesty, I mean, it has always shown through, like he's always been like that. Um, but um, even now where everybody is all over every word he says, um, I thought it was a really interesting um, thing to kind of see his mindset and especially what he said. And again, uh, I really don't want to think about the Toronto Raptors, but he talked a lot about what he learned from that series and from watching Kawhi, uh, you know, <laughs> talking about seeing Marcus Gasol double team him every time he gets doubled now and, and what he's sort of, how he's thinking about things like that. But um, I guess maybe before we talk about kind of like what we thought was most interesting about what Giannis actually said, you, you, I mean, you alluded to it um, throughout the story. And again, I'm this, you've had like a few, articles this year where I feel like they are like, you know, the, this is why you subscribe to the athletic type articles. And this is like another one of those, I think like, you know, for people who aren't, uh, don't subscribe to the athletic already. I think this is one of those that, um, 
I think should inspire you if you're a big bucks fan to to make the uh, the investment of however many bucks it is a month. Um, so uh, you know, great job. Um, and uh, and and I think this is why you know why yay journalism, right? <laughs> yay yay journalism that's that's still out there. But um, what was what was the process like? How did this kind of all come together? Because obviously you were kind of keeping a bunch of stuff in your back pocket for a while um, in order to write this. And obviously I think you could have written it with kind of the stuff you had, but it seemed like obviously the, the comments you got from him after the playoffs were over were obviously pretty critical to kind of tying everything together. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, this was, and again, like you, you, you kind of have to think through these things and then also you can't really plan for things as, as a journalist as a, and as a writer, but, you know, as, as you watch the Bucks go on this run, I think, you know, I kind of fa- found myself thinking like, all right, if the Bucks go to the finals, how do I, how do I tell that story? Like, how do I explain how they got to that point? And, you know, how do I, how do I try to do that? And, and really, to me, I thought the, the best way to go about it was, you know, when, when the Bucks end up having, uh, you know, four or five days in between games, you know, there's a lot of times where you're going to see players and, and get a chance to, you know, kind of talk with them, chat with them and, you know, hopefully learn something and, Giannis is, is a bit more difficult in those situations and, you know, a bit more difficult to pull away in those situations. But uh, obviously he was, he was very kind with his time uh, multiple times throughout the playoffs where, you know, we could just kind of get together and chat about, you know, what he saw in, in the previous series, what he saw coming forward. And, you know, for me, I guess the thing that, that Giannis has always been to me is genuine and open and honest and you know like i i just think in some ways that that you know he just want he wants to get things off his chest and he wants to talk about them and try to figure out you know where things are going what things went wrong and you know throughout this this postseason i i got a, ch- a couple chances to to pull him aside after you know media scrums and and just kind of poke at the questions that I really want to ask a little bit more. Obviously in a scrum, I get to ask some of them, but uh, really pretty much all of these, uh, I think all of these except one conversation happened at the Bucks practice facility uh, after he was done with the media scrum. And I just asked for a little bit more time and he said, sure, let's, let's talk about it and let's figure stuff out. The other one happened at uh, in, let's see, I think Boston university. Uh, and then the Bucks locker room. Uh, so, you know, we kind of talked through all this stuff and for me, it was, you know, just, I always have, I always have theories about what Giannis is doing and how he's playing. And, uh, the, he's always nice enough to humor me, <laughs> I guess. Uh, like, you know, after the, the Celtics th- series, I, I kind of told him my theory about, uh, okay, well, you know, this is what I think happened. I think after game two, you kind of figured out that you could put your shoulder into Horford and that's, that's what you, you started to play with. And he said pretty much that. And, you know, I I thought during exit interviews, he mentioned something about how he felt throughout the series, he was learning and he felt throughout the series, like every time something 
a play was happening, he was like, oh, okay, like I, I, I'm understanding this better. I'm learning and I, I know what's going to happen the next time around. And I just thought that was a fascinating idea. Like just the idea that, you know, at, as you're out on the floor, you're seeing a defense that you haven't seen before. You're seeing teams play you in a way that you haven't before. And then he's, he's, he does feel like he's learning. And he said, he, he went back to Ben Sullivan. He told him, he's like, I'm getting better. He's like, <laughs> in this series, like I'm, I'm getting better. Uh, and obviously the, the time ran out on the bucks in this series and he didn't get, he didn't get to a point where he was dominating the series, but he did feel like he got better. And that idea just kind of fascinated me. And that was kind of where we started our conversation after exit interviews and uh, ended up going on for 10, 15 minutes about, you know, kind of how he sees all these things and, you know, kind of what he thinks about going into this off season. So, um, I, I mean, that's really process. And, and again, like I, I don't, typically try to put something together like this um where you know i hold on to to different interviews and stuff like that like obviously i I kind of archive all all of the conversations i have with guys but in this situation i was putting this together for a final story like I, i this was the story that would have dropped uh you know like this morning or maybe last night before the nba finals started but well the the Bucks weren't in the finals. So, you know, you, you had to kind of change, not change what was told you, but, you know, change the tenor of the story that this is the greatest learning experience Giannis has ever been through. And this is only something that you can learn through doing. You, you can't just learn this, this, this shit in a book. Like <laughs> you're going to have to, you have to figure it out for yourself and you have to go through it. And, and really to me, that was, that was the biggest thing was that, like you said, he was just so introspective and was just like, okay, like, you know, I learned from this and now I'm going to think about these other things. And I, I thought it ended up being uh, very interesting and it's interesting largely because Giannis is just genuine and honest and, and, and willing to open himself up. I, I think the most interesting part was the, him talking about, especially when talking about looking at Kawhi and kind of learning, like kind of you could just sort of like see him talking you through like his realization of what he sees in Kawhi and the way he was successful and kind of what that means for him. Um, I thought it was very interesting insight into his mindset and also a little bit concerning. I'm kind of I'm I'm really struggling to figure out how I feel about it cuz I mean the gist of it was you know he kind of sees how Kawhi is so comfortable in the mid-range and you know how important that is and then he kind of transitioned over to talking a bit about um you know, well he I mean there, there was there was a lot there but you know a few of the I'll, I'll cherry pick maybe a few of the things and see kind of like how you felt about it cuz obviously you were the person that was actually there hearing him talk about it so you can actually contextualize this better than I can just from, from reading it. But I thought it was interesting. I mean, some of the stuff that was in there was obviously sort of noting how Kawhi, Kawhi's comfort in the mid range was so important for his success. Um, he talked a bit about how he went away from mid range stuff this season, which I think we've talked about, like, you know, the uh, bud sort of disabusing most of the roster from kind of mid range shots in favor of obviously threes and, and stuff in the paint. And Giannis was definitely part of that, um, which, I think, to be honest, especially from a regular season perspective, was for the better. Um, he kind of alluded to like I don't know. There were 
he made it almost sound like he was good at shooting mid-range shots and turnaround jumpers and one-legged fadeaways, and he was not <laughs> last year. Yeah. So part of me was like, this is like the double-edged sword, right? Because it's like, on the one hand, it's like you kind of like you need some of that in your game for obviously series like what we saw, right? Like if you want to be that crunch time guy, and he even went so far as to talk about like being a closer and being able to do the stuff that, you know, LeBron and Jordan, all these guys do as far as being able to close games and attack from mid range and do stuff like that. Um, so it sort of like, I don't know, it kind of felt like it, it, it felt like very much like um, national talk show host, like bullet points in some ways, uh, which doesn't mean it's like, you know, without merit, obviously. Um, but it was interesting because he was very like open about, Oh, I need to start doing those things. And it's also kind of funny. Cause it's like, I, I don't know if we've talked about this, but I mean, he had his big thing last year, last summer with Kobe, right. Where he met with Kobe and did like the little song and dance with Kobe in the summer. And I mean, you, you were a, the first person to report when that was going to happen during the season last year when he, and that's told you that he was going to do that. And it's kind of funny because like, you know, Jason Tatum and, uh, who, who else was it? Donovan Mitchell or some Tatum and some other young guy, like also also had like off season workouts with Kobe. And then like they took way too many jump mid rangers this season. And people like, Oh, Kobe ruined those guys. And ironically, Giannis had his thing with Kobe and then like played far less like Kobe this year than he did. He did last the year before. Um, But it sounds like him talking himself into having to do that more. And also he talked a lot about just like the physical abuse of, of trying to power through everybody and like, you know, be just a monster power player, play like a big guy. And he talked to her a bit about trying to play more like have more of a guard mindset, which is really interesting. And I don't know if it's, it could very well be something he, you know, he needs to be a better postseason player. I don't know if it's going to really make him or the Bucks better regular season players, but I don't know what, what was, I've just sort of like shotgunned a bunch of like random stuff that, that kind of jumped out at me from the many paragraphs of quotes he gave you around sort of those topics. But is there anything else that you kind of when when you were actually having the conversation with them like what was what was your kind of takeaway from that i mean was it was there anything i guess else other than kind of what we see in the article that kind of helps contextualize it or like how did you feel about it when he when he told it to you live so it, it was funny uh, our good friend dean uh dean maniot at all the bucks was you know, like saw the article and like kind of messaged me. It was just like, oh, like what is he going to be Jason Tatum now or or something to to that same extent? Where, you know, Giannis talks in length about when when things aren't going right, that you got to find a way to close games, you got to find a way to hit shots, and you got to find a way to, you know, get to things that that are comfortable. And I guess he said Dean said that to me, and I was just like, uh, you got to chill out. Because th- there's a quote in here, which is, uh, I mean, if you're, if you're concerned about their not being confident, Giannis, yet, uh, that's not the case. He is still quite com- confident. But there's this quote that he says, uh, and it's something from year five or year six. I was like, yeah, okay. I put on seven pounds of muscle. Bro, I'm the most dominant guy in the fucking league. I'm just going to go and fucking dunk it. You can get away with that to a point. It's good if you're able to do that, but I got to be more skilled. I got to get back to my old self. Think like a guard, not as big. And, you know, that was after, you know, he was talking about, oh, you know, I got to find ways to close. I got to find ways to hit shots. Like, I think he's very aware that dunking and shooting threes are very good things. Like, I don't think there should be some concern that, 
you're going to get to next season and all of a sudden Giannis is going to be shooting 50% of his shots from the mid-range. But what I did think was was interesting was just his answer about he mentions the idea that like I know what I need to do and I know what shots I need to be able to hit. And I cut some of the video from game six and put it in the story. And there's five, five close shots that he misses that as you watch them, I think you can, you can kind of tell that he knows like, okay, the Raptors aren't going to let me get to the rim, but they're not going to let me get to the rim. So let me get to a spot where I can create some space I can get an open look and I can try to hit it. And he just misses those shots. Like he, like he flat out just misses those shots and they're, and they're largely mid rangers. And to me, it was just like, I, I didn't notice it when the game was going on. Like I just thought like, okay, Giannis is trying to find some comfort. But as I, like after I heard it and then I went back and rewatched the game in my head, I was like, Oh, he, he knows that those those are the shots that he can create. Like he can create himself good open looks. He can create himself space in those areas. He just wasn't confident enough to hit him. And the only way for, you know, him to be more confident is obviously to shoot more of those during the season is to, you know, put himself in these situations. And I just thought it was, it was kind of interesting to me that I think he very clearly understood that what Bud was trying to do. Right, like he he understands dunks and threes, and he gets it. But in those situations, if teams are you know kind of asking you to shoot a dare shot, uh, as our guy Marcus Johnson would say, like you know if they're asking you to to shoot a dare three and you step into it, how confident are you in that? And if if the message has been you know green light, let it fly, it doesn't matter if you miss, that's different than saying get to the spot know your spots and hit hit the shots. So like, I I understand, you know, kind of the recoil that you're going to have from hearing Giannis say like, you know, I I need to do more in the mid range because as we all know, mid range shots are bad shots, but he also understands that he's got to have something else he can go to. And he, he didn't really need that in other series. And and that's been this other narrative that I've kind of been fascinated by. I know Bill Simmons uh, mentioned it on his podcast, but he's just like, oh, yeah, you know, like everyone's kind of figured out the Bucks that, you know, it's a simplistic offense. And, you know, if you keep Giannis from dunks and, you know, uh, they're not going to have enough shooters or, or whatever it was that he said. It. And it was like, well, how'd that go for the Celtics? Did they know? I think they did. And they couldn't do a damn thing because Giannis is just that good. Like the Raptors have maybe the best defensive player in the world in Kawhi Leonard. They have a former defensive player of the year in Marcus Saul. They have an all defensive wing in Danny Green. Uh, they have one of the best defensive point guards in the league in Kyle Lowry. They have a future all defensive wing in Pascal Siakam. Like they just have a personnel that they can put out on the floor defensively that no other team, like very few other teams can do. So um, it, it's just like no one figured it out, but there are probably a couple teams out there that have the personnel and this was Giannis's first time seeing it. So to me, more than anything, it wasn't, it wasn't Giannis saying like, I need to totally rework my game. It was more, I need to get reps doing these other things. Like I need to have one more spot on the floor because right now, you know, in Mike Boonholder's offense, they're working on dunks. And I think he took 66% of his shots at the rim this year, which is, just 
bonkers. Like that is a ridiculous number. And, and then, you know, I think it was 13% from the three point line and then 21% from the mid range. And, you know, like when you're, when it's so polarized to the rim and the three point line, I just feel like you didn't feel all that confident in having another spot than those two spots. And I don't know that he was all that comfortable in the three point line. So really the spot that he was comfortable in in the spot that he wanted to get on the floor was the rim and the Raptors made that really difficult. So um, like I said, I, I understand like kind of being freaked out by it all. Like I don't think you ever want to hear your best player start to say that he's got to take inefficient shots. But I, I, I did think that it, it wasn't so much that that's all I want to shoot now. It's that I still want to dunk on all these motherfuckers. Uh, I still want to shoot threes and get better at that. But I do also need another spot. I do need something that I can feel confident in, in in the toughest situations, which he hasn't seen before. This is the first time that he's seen it in those really tough situations where I can get to and I can find a, a comfortable shot. Yeah, and I think it's interesting to think about the trade-offs that players make in terms of their shot distribution like I think for Chris Middleton there's a lot of truth to the idea of like he traded two-point jump shots for three-point jump shots this year Um, like he very consciously instead of like you know taking a dribble in and taking a long two um, you know he was he was trying to take uh, the three earlier right a pull-up three things like that I think with Giannis it's kind of different and I'm kind of projecting forward obviously like thinking about how he might try to go to kind of mid-range shots more often um, because like, I mean, Chris usually isn't like Chris usually doesn't have any illusion that he's like, I'm going to try to go dunk and dunk on anybody. Right. Like it's, it's, he, he's trying to get a spot that he's comfortable with. And Chris is obviously very comfortable for mid-range is comfortable from three. Giannis obviously hit the hole in his game is, is um, you know, like he, those sort of like rhythm jump shots. And granted he's more comfortable shooting off the bounce than he is just catch and shoot, which is kind of weird, but um yeah probably not a bad thing for a guy who's going to be having the ball in his hand so much. Um, weirdly, that was sort of a recurring theme. Um, Chris and Eric kind of flipped this year going from guys that were better catch and shoot to actually better pull-ups, which is all kind of strange, especially in an offense. That's, you know, so much about spacing around Giannis, but, um, <laughs> but it's kind of interesting because it's like the three point shot to me is like a table setter shot for Giannis. Like it's not like he's going to try to, do all this stuff and then settle for a three point shot. Right. Like that's, that's not sort of the order of operations. Like if he's trying to attack the rim, he's not going to dribble back out and shoot a three pointer. Right. The three point shot is, you know, an opportunistic, like this, they're sagging way off me, or I feel like I'm in a rhythm. I mean, ironically, a lot of the threes that Giannis takes are not like wide, 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 wide open. Like he doesn't seem to even care that much if guys are like kind of near him. Like it's really just more about like the rhythm and feel of him, like, kind of stepping into it it seems um but you know really that's to me like if you think about like his game like the three-point shot is more about just like really making teams have to actually be like aware of you and and try to like play you for that shot at least a little bit right like not not have it be such a dare shot right that you hit enough of them whereas the mid-range shot is just an alternative sort of like finishing move right like you don't set the table with with the mid-range shot it's not to make them guard you more closely so then you can drive by them. Like, I don't think Giannis is going to, like, catch at the elbow, pump fake, get a guy to jump, and then drive and dunk. Like, that's really not so much what it's about. It's more like 
kind of like what Kawhi does. Like he's probing, he's trying to get to the rim. It's not there. And then instead of like, you know, Giannis picking up his dribble and then being stuck at 15 feet away, does he have actually a shot that he's confident in that he can take instead of having to like kick it out with eight seconds on the shot clock. Right. Um, and obviously in those situations, like maybe those are situations where it's less of an issue to take a low value shot because you've kind of already wasted enough time that somebody has to take a shot that maybe isn't going to be an ideal shot anyway. Um, so yeah, I think for Giannis, like the mid range shot is, is again, I think it's important that he maintains his aggression because I don't know. I thought last year, and again, not not eighteen, nineteen, but seventeen, eighteen. Like he, it seemed almost at times like he would do like those turnarounds, the one leggers, like stuff like that, almost like as like like okay, like we're we're winning. I'm in a good rhythm. Like let me just try this. You know, like I'm just gonna try this. <laughs> and yeah, actually, I think that's fine if you're gonna do that, like to do it in sort of that context rather than you know, have that be the first shot you take in a game, right? Like, I don't want Giannis starting with, you know, don't even try to drive at a guy and just settle for uh, an off-balance, you know, 17-foot shot. Um, so it, it's tough. I mean, ultimately, all this stuff is about balance. Um, you know, like, I'm not going to say Giannis shouldn't ever take any mid-range shots because, again, I want, obviously, it would be great to, for him to have that capability to be respectable there. And, I mean, as much as, you know, the, the refrain is always like, you know, what if he learns how to shoot? I mean, he shot a career best from long twos this year, 41% in the 16 to three range on, on basketball reference. Um, he was actually like surprisingly decent from 10 to 16, 38%, which is his best number since the second year. And so again, I mean, those aren't numbers again, like I mean, multiply those numbers by two, they're really bad expected values. <laughs> like there's, you know, 0.82 points per shot on long twos, 0.76. Those are bad. Like that's not like a good, shot to take from an expected value standpoint but having that in your like repertoire is is a positive when you're a superstar and teams are going to throw different things at you so i don't know I'm, I'm curious to see kind of like what that means and how he leverages that um you know i i, I mean we saw i think it's interesting i mean I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to see like kind of like like what we saw Giannis in 16 17 um he had 194 dunks and, um, you know, was a guy that, um, you know, took 50% of his shots at the rim. And then in 17, 18, it went down to 45%. Um, he actually took fewer threes as a percentage in, in 17, 18, um, but bumped up his mid range percentage in that second year, his dunks went down from 194 to 161. And so he kind of has, has like, he's kind of gone through this once before in a way. Um, and, I'm just curious now what that means for next year, right? Because it seems like he's sort of alluding to sort of a similar thing. Like he's not going to be quite as aggressive to kind of preserve his body and maybe diversify his game a little bit. So does 279 dunks this year go down to 200, 220? I mean, who knows, right? Like we can kind of just guess. We'll, we'll do an over under next year on this, but um, but I think it's an interesting kind of thing to just talk to think about. Like how do you? You know, how, how do you sort of evolve your game and, and change, you know, your shot distribution? I mean, his his stuff at the rim, and again, different sites use different, have, have different numbers. Unfortunately, the shot location data is not all that consistent across sites. But, you know, basketball reference had him at, at the rim, zero to three feet, go from 45% of his shots last year to 57% this year. So, you know, just an, an incredible bump up in terms of that. And, you know, unfortunately, as much as he, had some areas that he did well from this year from the mid range. You know, if I look at his playoff numbers, I mean, 
you know, he, he actually, I mean, his three-point shooting was actually surprisingly tolerable at 33%. Long twos, 36%, which is, you know, okay. Um, but then three to 10 feet, 22%, 10 to 16 feet, 12.5%. Like, you know, obviously those spots where he was just not comfortable in at all. And it just felt like unless he was getting a layup or hitting a three, he just wasn't going to make it in the playoffs. And that, and that wasn't just against the Raptors. Like it just felt like he didn't ever really get much of a rhythm yeah. on those in-between shots. Like maybe a couple of those hook shots I like so much, um, which it, it, he could have at least alluded to working on his hook shot as well. The, <laughs> but, um, but also the hook shot is, is a different weapon too, right? Because um, you're not going to shoot a hook shot from 15 feet. Do I, do I hope that he yeah. works on like a little like floater push shot from like eight to 10 feet? Cause you know, if, especially if he's single covered, he's always going to have that shot. Yeah, like for sure. But, um, you know, again, it's it's going to be interesting to see kind of what he works on. And, um, you know, just again, there's, there's you know, the, the upside of the downside is, you know, him still struggling as a shooter also means that the scary part is he has so much ceiling that's still untapped. And, you know, this year, the, the three-point struggles, the free throw shooting issues relative to previous years, those are in a weird way, you know, more room for him to take yet another leap. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. So like, I, I thought that was really interesting. And then the other thing that Giannis had mentioned was, you know, just kind of the idea that uh, the way he phrased it was really funny uh, where he just like kind of looked at me. He was like, you know, have you, have you like ever seen how other stars like start out the season? And I like kind of nodded and he's like, then do you, did you see the way that I started the season? And I kind of nodded and he was like, I was like, I'm running through the fucking wall. I'm just like, ah, and I was like, okay. And, and then he, he keeps going. He says, you know, it's like a marathon people that have never run before. They're like, I gotta go as fast as I can. They're running for 10 minutes and they just, then they get tired and they, they never get that energy. But the people that have been there before, they're like, this is a long race. They're just going steady, 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 steady. And then they know when to accelerate, right? There's a lot of, of that I've learned. And in my head, it was, just, it was just kind of interesting to think about because it is like, yeah, like some of the older guys in the league like are going to take their time a little bit more and, and work their way into shape and, and kind of work their way into peak form. And the fact that he kind of said that unprovoked, that wasn't something I asked about, uh, but the fact that he said that unprovoked like made me think like okay like maybe by the end of this series he was really feeling it like maybe he was and he did mention the fact that his back did hurt by the end of the series um which is a you know a useful note something that we hadn't heard before uh but he did just kind of say like well you know uh, my back was kind of hurt and i think i i kind of wondered at that point it was like oh maybe he didn't feel like he had enough energy by the end of the playoffs and you know like there is something to be said for not necessarily like just half-assing it or anything, but you know, like there is strategic conservation of energy. Like that is something that, that you can do. So maybe you don't need to score 44 against some crap team on a January night. Like, you know, you can just get your 30 and conserve your energy and keep rolling. So I think that's going to be interesting to watch as well, because, you know, when you add some of these things together, maybe that means he doesn't have as spectacular as a, of, of a regular season next year. Like, you know, if you're going to add in working on some other, other things that you know, you're going to need in the playoffs. If you add not going 
full on pedal to the metal all the time. Like, okay, maybe you don't put up as as impressive individual numbers and you slow it down a little bit. So I don't know. Like, I just think there's there's a lot of interesting things to think about about how Giannis grows as he matures and how maturing may affect how he grows. If if, if that makes any sense at all, like I, I do think you know he's going to be. He's very clearly, I mean, this is two days after suffering this defeat in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, he's already thinking about, okay, how do I push the right buttons during the regular season? How do I uh, get the reps that I need on certain things? How do I become the player that I need to become in the playoffs, not just the player that I need to become overall? And and I, I like you said, it, it to me, it does, it does come off as, as pretty impressive that in these moments, it's not just frustration. And yes, there are some F-bombs in the story and there are some parts where, where he is, you can tell, upset. But there is also, you know, a lot of thought put into how he gets better from here. And and I think, you know, if you are a Bucks fan, you do have to kind of hear that, see it, uh, in, and kind of think to yourself like, okay, um, this guy gets it. Like, he... he I think the franchise is in good hands, right? Like if you're a Bucks fan, I think I would, I would guess you read this article and you smile for the most part, knowing that this guy's already thinking about all of these things. And um, I don't, I don't know. I, I just think it's going to be really interesting to see how he balances out all these things. And, you know, I think the, the next few years of his career are going to, they're going to be fascinating as much as I hate to say that word because people make fun of me for using it, but it is going to be truly fascinating to see what he becomes and how he tries to become better because there's, as you've mentioned, a lot to work on and that's a scary thing for the rest of the league. But, you know, I think it's also a scary thing for Giannis. Like, you know, do you pick out the right things? Do you choose the right order for how to add those things? Do you have the thing that you need next year? Like, how do you, kind of try to add all these things and move forward. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be really interesting. All right. We probably go like two hours just on, on that article. Uh, it's late <laughs> on Thursday night. Uh, why don't we park it there for now? Uh, I'll, I'll, give it, I'll give it another read tomorrow and see what else I, I kind of missed that is worth talking about. And maybe we, uh, we catch back up on Sunday and we probably need to do a mailbag next week as well. Right. Um, so I think so. Uh, anyway. All right. Well, Bucks fans, uh, hopefully everybody's doing okay emotionally, mentally, <laughs> psychically, uh, and whether you are or are not watching the finals, uh, uh, I'm, I'm still torn as to whether or not I'm going to watch game two, but, um, yeah, Eric, have a great weekend and, uh, I guess have a great weekend, everybody listening and, um, stay strong. <laughs> as Frank mentioned, if you want to subscribe to the athletic, you can do that as well. Head over there. Uh, you should be able to tweet me. I can get you a special that can get it for $3 a month uh, for the athletic that, you know, I hope many of you are already subscribed, but if you're not, uh, as Frank mentioned, maybe this is the time to get in. Also big thanks to untuck it for sponsoring lockdown. If you are looking for a great father's day idea, their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailing required. Go to untuckit.com promo code NBA to get 20% off. And then big shout out to grip six belts. Today's show is also brought to you by grip six ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap. And it's a great, Father's Day gift. Go to Grip Six. They have a special offer for you at grip6.com slash lock. That's L O C K E for 
the founder of the Lockdown Network, David Lock, L-O-C-K-E at Grip6.com. That is going to be it for us for today. For Frank Madden, I'm Eric Name. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Uh, maybe don't look at your TV or do anything like that. Uh, there, I don't think there's any finals games this weekend. So go outside, enjoy the sunny weather. It's supposed to be nice in, in Wisconsin, so enjoy it out there. Or if you're elsewhere, just enjoy it and take your mind off of everything and yeah, just 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 chill out. You know, it, it should be everything's gonna be fine. Uh, that's gonna be it for us for today. Talk to you on Monday. See you guys later.